Hello travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, Season 2, Episode 7, Risky Whispers. If you haven't yet checked out our latest side quest, I strongly urge you to do so. We had a lot of fun in making it, and it's a brand new game where there are very few places you can see it being run elsewhere. If you have the time, please consider checking out our Patreon. At present, due to a lack of personal funds, the transcripts for our second season are now on hold, we could really use the help to get those back up and running as soon as possible for our audience in the deaf and hard of hearing communities. All content is available at every tier, starting as little as $1 a month, but every tier above that comes with additional incentives. If you can't pledge this month, no problem. Spread the word about our show and tag us on Twitter at DarkDragonsIn, letting us know what you like about the show to help us get the word out. Tonight we have the full crew, Vinny as Murren, Nina as Mix, Liz as Toby, Tom as Urbach, and I'm Ray, your host and Game Master. And I play... just about everyone else. So, without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to the inn. The show will start soon. Come on in. Communication, it's said, is something that's key. Though sometimes it's harder than perhaps it should be. Some folk talk, but not in tongues. Others listen, but do not hear. Talking in real, rhyme, or song, with patience and focus, all becomes clear. Urbach, Toby, and Scraw, you are walking through the outer city of Baldur's Gate, when it becomes extremely apparent, in a very short space of time, that you are being tailed. Where are we stood in relation to Scraw? Because I know he stormed off ahead a bit. When you went through the gate, you were all walking together as a group. Uh, I just whisper out the corner of my uh, mouth. You you know we're being tailed, right? Yeah. Me the plan. I say we head down an alleyway and diverge. Scroll, do you think you could possibly dart off and then sneak up on them? Yes, I could probably manage that. Well, yes. Yes, I could do that. Sure. Which way should I go? Okay, let's look for a suitable place for you to walk off to the side. Somewhere where you can slink off and no one will spot you. At least no one will spot you until it's too late. I am very large, but let's... Let's go with that. You do walk very quietly, though. Much more quietly than I ever could with this rickety backpack. Touché. You find a really, really open alley that seems to end in a dead end. Seems like the best spot. It's best you could do at short notice. Scrawl's going to split off, and I guess you guys are going to try and lure the attention of whoever's tailing you into this really, really big alley. Yep. I walk on for a second. Scrawl st- stomps away in the other direction. I walk on for a bit. Then I stop and turn to Toby. What? I thought... Are we lost? More than likely. I have no idea where we are. You're saying this to each other quite loudly as you walk and realise you're coming up to a dead end in this alley. And you turn around and the goblin who had the lower half of its face bandaged is standing openly behind you. And you turn and see him. Waves. And he makes some hand gestures at you. And Scrawl comes charging around the corner. <laughs> Wait! Scrawl pulls up suddenly. Wait! It's the goblin that was following us earlier. Oh, you were good though, Scrawl. Why, thank you. But the goblin's shitting himself now, though. <laughs> the goblin looks completely unfazed, but Scrawl walks up. You should be more careful, friend. And he's got his glaive and he puts it back a bit. Again, Goblin seems completely unfazed, just looks up at him, and 
again, he's tapping on his hands and making shapes with his hands. And um, we're assumedly looking at him very You can't read what is being said, but you realize that it is actually a spoken language that whatever this creature is signing is actually a form of language that you've read about. As you pay attention to what they're doing with their hands, you do pick up a couple of signs that you recognize from reading the books that you have. The main one that you pick up on is follow. I think he wants us to follow him. Turns, looks at you, puts his finger on its nose, points at you, and then starts walking off down the alley with its hands in its pockets. I think we should definitely follow him. And I do so. The goblin leads you through several alleys until you eventually come to a stairwell that leads to the wall that runs around the vicinity of Baldur's Gate that leads to Basilisk Gate. He leads you to a stairwell that leads up to that wall and continues to follow it, walks up onto the wall. Okay, is there anything on the walls nearby? Well, obviously, the building's nearby. Is there any open surface? Probably, yeah. The wall itself probably has space on it, but in fact, a lot of the area on this wall has various markings. It's already graffitied in various places, as these are generally poverty-filled areas where you get the impression that, especially amongst perhaps the younger tenants of the area, there's not much love held for the city of Baldur's Gate itself, and they express this very visually. I keep an eye out for one of the more interesting ones that's more memorable, and make a mental note of it. As you're looking along the walls, you do occasionally notice a symbol that stands out from the rest of them, because it seems a little bit better put together, and it's actually a symbol of a dragon flying downwards, and it appears to be trying to swallow something like a sun or a ball or something in some cases it looks like it's sun other times it just looks like a circle the head of the dragon almost looks like a snake rather than a typical dragon head Hmm. and there's a very prominent one of these by the stairwell okay i'll make a mental note of that and then i'll follow on up the stairwell you follow up the stairwell and the goblin continues silently to lead you across the wall and over You get to a certain part of the wall where there are ladders connecting to some of the nearby roofs and the goblin leads you across those and begins to lead you across a network of ladders and connections over the upper surfaces of the outer limits of the city. Well, I guess I just follow. You eventually arrive at a rooftop that is a little bit more ramshackle than some of the others. But there appears to be, I guess, the equivalent of a lamp post by the side of one of the buildings. And the goblin leaps onto it with one hand, spins around the pole going down and lands on the ground at the bottom of the building where they take out a key, open a door and let themselves into the building below. Can I see a safer way down? Here? No. But looking around, you can piece together that if you track a few buildings back, there appears to be a skylight in one of the buildings that looks like you could probably go into it and then go downstairs and leave from inside the building. Hmm. Soon I don't know who is in the building. I'm not necessarily certain that's safer. <laughs> yeah, I go for it. I try and get down the same way as the goblin with not trying with as much finesse. <laughs> I just want to make it to the ground without dying. <laughs> it's not too far a drop. And because you're cautiously holding tight... 
and lowering yourself down. You slowly scrape down, get a couple of splinters along the way, but otherwise you make it, scroll just jumps and lands with two feet on the ground next to you as you set down off the pole. And he stretches up and smiles. Ha ha. Show off. Come on, I'm back! I'm just looking down, and I'm not fancying my chances, especially with a big old rucksack. Uh, we can try and catch you. We'll throw the rucksack down first. How far down is it? Probably only like 15 feet. Yeah, you know what, I'm just going to teleport down. You poof down. Huh, Toby, why didn't you do that? I don't have that in my arsenal. Oh, what do you have in your arsenal? <laughs> I just ignore him and follow where the goblin went. You open the door, and as you push through, there are heavy drapes covering the entrance. You push your way through, and the whole room is lit with deep candlelight. There is incense burning, and the goblin is sitting cross-legged in the middle of the carpet in the room, with their eyes closed. Huh. Can I take a quick look around the room, just to take in what's all over? You are looking around, and mostly what you see is just decorations that fit the tone of the drapes. There's a lot of curtains and drapes hanging in here. There's... A statuette of Bahamut in here. But it's done in a very unusual style, made out of cheap brass, instead of the usual silver that or the platinum that you would associate with Bahamut. But, hey, not everyone can afford a fucking platinum statue of their gods, so, you know, you, you take what you can get. I'm pretty sure having a platinum statue in a place like this would probably make you a very big target. Think very mystical heebie-jeebies, typical shop that smells like incense and has statues of Buddhas everywhere. New Age witch shop. Yeah, that's that's effectively what you're looking at. There would be tie-dye if tie-dye was a thing here. Hmm. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but not this. Hmm. Well, he's just waiting here, I suppose. As you start talking and make your presence in the room known, the goblin snaps their fingers. A tabaxi woman in very plain clothes, steps into the room, walks past you and gently shuts the door behind you. Then she walks into the center of the room and she kneels next to the goblin and places her hand on his knee. And he opens his eyes and looks up at you all and beckons for you to sit on the ground in front of him. I sit down cross-legged. I do the same. Draw joins you all. I must say, I really like the curtains you have in here. They're very nice. And the goblin reaches up and slowly unwraps the bandages from around the lower half of their face. And you see that the lower half of their face and jaw is really badly mutilated. Not in a gory way, but there is either an extreme deformity or an injury that never healed right, or possibly a combination of both, where the lower half of their jaw and their mouth are very malformed. Could I do a test to work out if I can determine it, just by looks? You get the impression that there was probably a mild deformity that was there, that some kind of surgery was performed on by probably a doctor of lesser talent than yourself, who didn't correctly stitch it up and didn't form the structure correctly, and that not only did not correct the original small deformity, but it actually made things dramatically worse. And you gather by the way that their lower jaw is now structured, there's no way this person can talk. And the tabaxi woman who is sitting next to the goblin waits patiently until the goblin begins to sign at you. And the tabaxi is watching his hands intently 
I am Rilsa Rael. Welcome to the Calium Jewel Emporium. We do much work here. This is my assistant, Messiah. It is a pleasure to meet you, and I am happy that you came. Thank you for placing your trust in me. Have you been in town long? Less than a day, actually. One eventful day. And she waits patiently whilst he continues to sign. People already say much about your activities in town. Word has spread of you fast. We are very impressed. Oh, um, thanks. Yes. You rushed to protect the people when there was no one there to protect them. Why did you put yourself in harm's way? Just didn't want people to get hurt, I guess. No one else looked like they were going to do anything. Indeed. Many other people who will do nothing, while others stand and watch as people who are weaker than them suffer. We try not to do this. Am I right in assuming then that you do not look kindly upon the Black Crawl Company? We do not look favorably upon them, no. They do little for us. They do little for our people. Out here in the outer city, mostly the Black Claw extort. They seek to line their pockets with taxes and tolls from those who can least afford them. Sometimes families are locked out of the city in times of danger and must fend for themselves because the Black Claw does not care. They are kept away from their families and from their homes, from their jobs, from their livelihoods. The Black Claw does not help us. The Black Claw cares only for the wealthy patrons within the city walls. So yes, you could say that we do not care for them. Well, that certainly tallies up with what we saw going on at the uh, gate. Yes, there are uh, many agents, they like to call themselves, collecting so-called tolls and taxes. Baldur's Gate runs on, it runs on gold. Regularly, the Black Claw will demand bribes or confiscate our goods, confiscate the very products that, that we went to the city for to bring home to our families. There is little out here for sale. There is less still to feed our people, to feed our families. We have to go into the city. The only way we get into the city is to pay. You pay to go in, you pay to come out, and then if you have enough, you can scratch together food for your family. Maybe. If they don't take that as a toll, too. So, am I right in thinking that in coming here you have a proposition for us? Well, I... She writes. As you can see, I run this place of business. This is simply the back. The front is known as the Callum Jewel Emporium. We serve as a pawn shop of sorts. We do what we can to support the people here. We buy what trinkets they are able to sell, and we ensure that they get a good price so that they can afford to feed their families. But the tolls, the taxes, are getting too much. They are, they are draining our people dry. The poor are being kept poor by these unjust taxes. The whole system is unjust, but... One toll collector in particular has grown rich from stealing from our people. It isn't by any chance a tall dwarf. Nant Thangol. Yeah, I believe you may have met him. Did you come through the Basilisk Gate? Yeah. Yes. He is known as the Basilisk. He is despised, and for good reason. Hmm. The taxes and the tolls increasing. 
Is there a rhyme or reason for it? Anything that particularly triggered it, or is it merely greed? Greed. Probably just greed. Even then, you can only bleed a river so dry before it gives out. Any farmer should know this. Try telling that to him. I don't think they'll give a shit. He does not care. He will take everything we have until there is nothing left. He knows that we need to get into the city to feed our families, and he extorts this. Nobody is trying to stop him. Nobody cares what happens to us. Even this writ of passage that he claims is necessary so recently came to be. So until recently you didn't need paperwork to pass through the gate? I believe we do not need it still, but yet he enforces such. I believe it is simply a ruse that he uses to drain more from my people, to take more than he needs. I am sure that some of the gold which he claims arrives in the city vaults, but he takes far more than he delivers. Of this I am certain. The people, they are suffering greatly. And things are likely only going to get worse from now. And I take it you'd want our help? Well... I I was led to believe that Madame Invictus, her family was with you. She was the only one who kept anyone in line. I was planning to bring the basilisk's behavior to her attention in the hopes that she would stop him, but I heard that she died today. Yes. She was the only one of the Black Claw who was good to our people. She took care of us when she could. But one person can only do so much, you understand. Without her around, the Black Claw will go untethered. People like the Basilisk will not be able to be stopped. Not by the likes of us. Who controls the Black Claw? What, I understand they're a separate entity to the City Watch. Yes, he is a member of the Black Claw. And who controls the Black Claw directly? If they're separate to the City Watch. In this area, I guess... The Black Claw work for the City. I'm just curious as to why they are hired in place of expanding or increasing the number of men within the Watch. The Black Claw reside within Worms Rock. They are a convenient armed force for the extension of Baldur's Gate's power. Much can be learned from them, but they... They have, the Black Claw and Baldur's Gate have had a relationship for many, many centuries. This chapter of the company, they, they are practically separate from the Black Claw as a whole. They have worked in tandem with Baldur's Gate for a very long time. They are the armed force of the city. And ultimately, with the Watch, they can only recruit people who are interested. And the Black Claw pays better. When people see men like the Basilisk throwing their power around, they want to be like them. So young ones, they grow up wishing to be part of this company. They get recruited early. Yet another way that our families are taken from us. Hmm. As I said, this system is a problem. You cannot fix a system overnight. But if people were able to get in and out of the city without risking losing everything every time, well, that was that would be beneficial to them. And if we cannot stop the Basilisk from his behavior, then... Well, if we could perhaps find a way to have what was taken unjustly returned in some way, then this could also be helpful to the people. But I have spoken much. Would you like tea? Uh, yes, please. None for me, thanks. The interpreter gets up and walks off 
to make tea. And the goblin looks intently at you, Toby. Hey, I see you reaching for the skip button. But listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. Hey folks, my name's Rob, and I spent the last 15 years working in the British film industry, making movies of all kinds. And my best friend Sam, and he spent the last 15 years being educated beyond all mortal means. He's got a doctorate, he's got a master's, he's the smartest man I know. And each week, we'd come together and we'd talk about movies. We'd talk about the colours in them, we'd talk about the characters in them, we'd talk about the themes and the ideas they present. If you like movies like we like movies, we're here each week on Kaiju FM talking about movies. Find us wherever you get podcasts. See now, was that so bad? And now, on with the show. Yeah, I assume you have Oz with you. Yeah, yeah, Oz is with me, sitting on the horns, as usual. Uh, yes? Yes. Toby's just kind of responding to the fact the goblin's just staring at him. Oz talks to you and says, He says he's sorry, that he can't talk to you directly. Wait, you understand him? And you notice the goblin's not moving his hands. Well, how do you think I gave him your message before? That's a good point. How is he communicating with you? Same way I do with you, I guess. Ah. The goblin smiles with his eyes. I didn't know that it was- He just didn't want there to be awkward silence while she made the tea. I, I see. He says um, he's sorry. Actually, speaking out loud, I said, that that's okay. You, you don't need to apologise. But I am very, very perplexed that someone else can talk to us. He's very confused. Uh, he says it's a, uh, it's a thing. It sure is a thing. It's a, that's what he said. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. And you notice around the goblin's neck is a small raven pendant. Oh, that kind of thing. Messiah comes back with some tea and sets it at your feet. Thank you. You are welcome. And she sits back down next to Rysile, who begins signing at you again. My lord wishes to say thank you for your, uh, thank you for dispensing justice in the square. Madame Invictus did not deserve what happened to her, but he is glad that she went in peace. So you said before that Trail was the only one who kept the Black Claw in line? Well, she did what she could. She was the marshal, and men like the basilisk feared her. She was a fierce ruler to them. So, do you think someone would have intentionally wanted to get rid of her? It's certainly possible. We do not know. We had no idea this was going to happen. If we did, we would have warned her. Well, was she a particular thorn in anybody's side? She laughs before Rysail has... Uh, chance to respond, turns away before he says it. Everybody is a thorn in somebody's side, and powerful women especially. One thing's been puzzling me about all of this. Were you, either of you there, or present at the instant in the square? You saw what happened. She looks at the goblin who begins signing again. I was not there in time. I saw what happened as you finished the fight, but then... The Black Claw arrived. The method of, well, I suppose what you would call an assassination, was exotic. Someone approached the stage and attacked Chael. But in the process, both of them transformed almost completely into some sort of monstrosity. 
some sort of amalgamation of flesh and ravingness. Yes. It just, it's just baffling. I have heard my eyes, they saw. Whispers reach me of these things. It is deeply disturbing. It's certainly very public. Just baffles me to understand. Simply put, that person who attacked Trail transformed into a creature at the same time as Trail did. I have a suspicion that it may have been a facade. Some sort of attempt at shape-shifting or something. Something about it is entirely off and it's baffling me. Utterly baffling me. I mean, why something as simple as... If a monster attacked, why would Trail transform? I don't know. This is a good question. I mean, she was a competent fighter from what I imagine. Yes, she was very talented. She was a great warrior. I I have a theory that what we saw there was not Trail. Because it would be difficult to get any kind of creature up there who was competent enough to kill her so publicly, quickly. I'm just debating if it could have been a doppelganger. And in fact, Trail may be alive. This would solve a lot of your problems if this was the case. Whilst what you say is true, I do not believe this is the case. Not from what I have heard. Doppelgangers are not common, but they are not unheard of. When they break their form, they look a very specific way. A doppelganger is a large, black-skinned humanoid. They are formless, they have no face, but... They are very nondescript. You would not look at them and think, ah, flesh. They are more like a liquid ooze. They are like liquid-taken human form. Truly, that is fascinating nonetheless. I've only heard snippets. This is fascinating stuff. Doppelgangers are curious creatures. They can shift between forms, but any form they take, they must return to their own form. And the form that Trail transformed into was not a doppelganger. But your words hold weight. It is certainly possible, though I know not how. Certainly warrants investigation. Not a very public way to get rid of someone, though, isn't it? It would be effective. It's just... Oh, there should have been a body. Well, typically uh, there was a body. <laughs> true. Yes, there there were remains, but they were certainly not trails. Again, another reason why I suggest that it was not a doppelganger, for their form is distinct, to say the least. Something just doesn't add up. I feel like any information anyone, any contact you have could provide about what was recorded there would help me. I, I am a doctor, and if I could just study something of those remains, I feel like I could get somewhere, but I don't. Well, that is something that we could potentially look into, but we do not have much in the way of resources. As I just explained, our people have been drained. We have many contacts, but their services do not come cheap. Hmm. Hmm. Those are, those are my thoughts, but... As I said, I, I would love to help. I certainly will seek to investigate in any way that we can, but we are stretched thin at present. Well, if you need us to help you, we may need a means of contacting you. One that may require something that can bypass those walls easily. As you know, if we are traveling with Trail Sister, as you know, then we may be under more scrutiny than I would prefer. There is no doubt in my mind that you will be under a great deal of scrutiny. But if it's 
ways of getting past the wall on notice. I literally have a familiar that can fly. And he is rather a gentleman. Er, I enjoy communicating with him. He is pleasant. But I digress. There is no real reason you cannot come here. This is but a humble pawn shop in a part of the town that we are poor. Nobody pays attention to us. And, well, I do not do anything wrong, so there is no one to prosecute me, really. Mostly I am concerned with getting my goods in and out of the city. Hmm. Well, we can probably help out on the resources side of things. I wouldn't want to put you to any trouble. I think trouble in this city has already found us. Trouble in this city finds everyone. Mix and Murren and the Doomsinger have just been ejected from the home of Duke Tallin Silvershield. And that is where we are picking up. I do rather wish I'd had some of that wine. You can get wine anywhere. It seemed quite good and it was free. Well, then you can go back. I was just saying, it seemed quite fine. Probably wouldn't have been to your taste, considering the house and everything. Yes, I mean, I'm, you know, much more reserved these days, I suppose. So, um, what now? Well, seeing as that went so well, maybe we should try and find Toby and Urbach and hope that they had better luck than we did. I hope so, too. Where was it they were going? The guild? I think it was the guild, yes. But where is the guild? That's the question. I'm not sure that the guild is a place. It's it's a people, right? That's that's why he was so angry about them. Well, yes, by extension I meant their their hideout or where they reside. I assume they must live in some part of the city. Um, well then, uh which way? I do recall though that we did agree before we split up to reconvene in Worms Rock. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we could wait for them. There's there's no need to interfere with their plans. We could maybe find you me some wine and find me something stronger. A fine idea. Let's, let's not take too much time, though. You start walking south towards the lower city, and... You are walking through the high streets of the upper part of the city, where the houses are very, very finely built, and not but two minutes later, you are approached by a pair of guards in full plate who approach you side by side and stop in front of you. Papers, please. Excuse me? The tallest of the two guards, a tiefling, looks at you as papers. I look at Martin and shrug. You recall walking through the city streets with the assistant wizard of the Duke, where all of the guards were smiles and waves, because there were a lot of guards in the upper city, and they didn't seem to mind when you were walking with somebody who was supposed to be here. Look, we're just trying to find our friends. I think we got separated, and if-, if- I think perhaps you're lost. Yeah, probably. Can you help us get unlost? Hmm. He smiles broadly. Sure, come with us. How many guards are with him? It's just two guards in full armor. And these are not guards of the Black Claw. These are... I mean, maybe they're part of the watch. But they're dressed a lot better than the watch. Yeah, he seems like he really wants to help. He's just really keen to help you get where you're going. 
Mix looks at Vern and just, <laughs> all right, this is, this is what we got. And we'll follow this friendly guard stranger. Yes, the tiefling smiles broadly at you and begins to walk forward. Very well. Follow me. And he starts to walk. The other guard hangs back so that he can walk behind the three of you. Uh, oh, we can have a sandwich. Why are we sandwiched? The tiefling looks back over his shoulder. We just need to make sure that you don't get lost. It gets rather busy during this time of day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. He begins to lead you down the street in the direction that you were headed. He doesn't say much, though. So, uh, who are your friends that you're looking for? Well, uh... One of them is a tiefling, and the other one is a lizard folkman. I see. Yes. I think you might know them as the skills of justice. He looks back over his shoulder. Can't say I do, but uh, I'll, I'll be sure to mention that. Mention that to who? My superior. I'm sure that they will know where your friends are. Well, well, well why are we going to your superior? I am aiming to help you get unlost. Surely you would know. Well, you didn't tell me where you were going. You said that you were looking for your friends. I am aiming to help you with that. Uh, where he's leading us, is there anyone else around other than the other guard behind us? At the moment, you're just walking through the main high streets. He's not taking you down any shifty alleys or anything. Oh, so I guess setting him on fire would be a bad thing. <laughs> oh my god! I was thinking about running away. <laughs> 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 Does Mix need an adult? Mix has been through a very traumatic 24 hours. Yeah, Mix isn't in the mood they fucked with. Seeing as we're not anywhere shady yet, she'll behave. Sorry, was there somewhere specific you were trying to get to? Where is it that you think your friends are? Worms Rock. Do you know of the place? Worms Rock? Oh yes, that's, that's quite a ways from here. Why is it that you're looking for them here? Well, we didn't know how to get to there. So we started going back the way we came and thought we'd, you know, maybe ask around, figure it out as we went. Mm-hmm. And how is it that you came to be here exactly? He's continuing to walk and the guard behind you, who is a large Goliath, uh, begins to walk a little bit closer. Okay, so do you, do you know a wizard? There is a wizard who accompanies the Duke. And originally... The Duke? Yes. Ah, yes. Uh, I'm good friends with the Duke. Oh, good. Yep, everyone knows the Duke around here. Well... Especially people who belong here and should be here. They know the Duke. Well, good. We met with him, and we decided it best for us to part ways. Stop in for tea, did you? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Well, he's, uh, mighty generous for having you in, I suppose. Very generous. Yeah, I, I, I was, uh... I was having tea with the Duke just the other day, actually. Mix just stop walking and just glares at him. He turns and says, You're not going to cause me any trouble now, are you? We've been very polite thus far. You're not- You're mocking me. How is that polite? Right now, you are somewhere that you should not be. And there's no way that you got all the way up here being lost. So you need to come with me and we'll get this all cleaned up. <sighs> Fine. Did Mix and Marin just get arrested for the second time? <laughs> well, we've already told them the truth. Doesn't seem like this guard is... To be fair, guards aren't always the brightest. <laughs> Mix. Yes? Remember that thing that it made you do last time? Where I was like, roll stealth? Yeah. Yeah, roll stealth. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So the guard rolled a total of 18. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he just sighed. <sighs> It's always the same with you, look. Come on. And he starts walking much quicker, and the guard behind you also starts walking much quicker, so that all three of you are forced to hurry along. 
Jeez, touchy much? We'll continue to comply for now. You are led down some streets into an open square. The square is very clean, very well kept. There are various shrubs built into a very ornate garden square. On one side of this square, you see a large building that would look not unlike most town halls. It's very decorative. It is built with stone rather than wood, as a good number of the houses are. He begins to lead you towards the steps of this rather grand-looking building. Whoa. I don't want to cause any trouble. I just say to Doomsinger, uh, is this one more your taste? Um, I rather think we're being arrested, so no. Not especially. And you are led inside, down some well-lit very well-kept corridors until you are brought to a processing area where, indeed, you are being arrested. <laughs> as soon as Mix realizes this, she freaks out. What, what, what? I thought you were taking us to see your superior. I am. He's here. We've done nothing wrong. Well, I can give you a list of things you've done wrong, actually. And okay. he pulls out a small book and then he starts reading off different ordinances, public loitering, stepping over the the city boundaries, essentially writing you up for trespassing. We were not trespassing. We were invited. I keep trying to tell you this. Traveling in the upper city without paperwork. Okay, you know what? If you don't believe me, get in touch with Imberlin. He can, can at least confirm that he took us into the city. He turns to the guard at the desk and rolls his eyes. Do you think that's likely? The orc behind the desk shrugs. I don't know. Probably not. Do you know who my sister was? He looks at you and goes, yeah, I bet that works for you. Oh Some places where they're not as bright as we are. <laughs> How many people are in this vicinity? Oh no. <laughs> You're inside a police station. Quite a few. If only Darconius was ten times his normal size, burned this place to the ground. Look, all we want to do is get out of here. We want to go back to the center of Baldur's Gate, away from here. We don't want to be here. <sighs> and yet you are here. Deep in the heart of the upper city, with no paperwork, hanging around the estates of the Four Lords. You really think... Oh. We're just going to fall for that. Wait, would you recognize Imberlin's handwriting? Uh, I don't know. I have a note. And Mix rummages through her pockets to find the note, the one she originally received for the meeting at the Three Kegs. Look, this is, uh, this was Imberlin's first contact with us, where he arranged for us to talk about meeting the Duke. Uh-huh. This is where we, we, we went there to speak with him before coming here. You expect me to believe that the Duke was in the lower city in a shithole like the three old kicks well the staff are quite nice he takes the note from you he just looks at his orcish companion I can't believe the amount of paperwork they're gonna put me through right now it's ridiculous <sighs> this way please what way he leads you towards one of the desks oh okay to be fair if we had known we would require paperwork to move between places do you, do you think we would not have Brought any. Or maybe you were sneaking around the Lord's estates in the hopes of breaking in and you just didn't expect to get caught. Uh, that did not happen. I think maybe it did. Or maybe you just weren't as successful as you hoped you'd be. Maybe we caught you before you got anywhere. We were merely just returning from the meeting with the Duke. With the Duke, yeah. Yes, your, your, your friend said. Well, if I say... He's nodding. If I say otherwise, I would just be lying to you. He looks at you... I swear to you, I'm telling the truth. 
Don't call uh, Morin a liar, clearly. Hmm. What did you say the name of this wizard was? Imberlin. Yes, Imberlin. Right. Huh. I'll have some of my men escort you to the edge of the upper city. Do not come back without the proper paperwork. Regardless of who supposedly is leading you, this is your only warning. Thank you. You are a reasonable fellow. Mix bows in respect. Thankful that she didn't have to burn anything down. Rolls his eyes. <sighs> if I hear of you causing trouble anywhere within this city, your heads will be forfeit. No trouble. Thank you. Mix is fighting the urge to mock him really hard. Mix doesn't want to anger the man who is clearly making an exception, so should smile and shush. He gets up, walks away, and comes back with six Goliath guards in full plate mail, <laughs> all wielding humongous greatswords. Clearly overkill, but to make a point. Mix feels flattered. Like, oh, they think I'm this dangerous. Oh. I can't wait for how they explain this whole story to Toby and I can scroll. You are all escorted to the edge of the upper city. The guards that are with you are completely silent the entire way. If you try to talk to them, they make no attempt to engage or respond. When you reach the edges of the upper city, they all form a line behind you until you are out of sight. And you are now in the lower city. Oh my god, I thought we'd never get away. <sighs> Marin. Yes? What are we gonna do? <laughs> that was not how I'd hoped anything would go. Well, I just hope our friends over at the guild have had more success. I really I hope must so. say, you have been a little bit hostile. I have not. He looks at Murrin. A glare down Murrin. Well, the Duke seemed rather inquisitive. See? It's not my fault. I just didn't like his attitude. And that's all we had time for. Join us next week for episode 8, As the Daylight Dies. In the meantime, if you're eager for more content, check out our Patreon on patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin where you can find world lore and the private letters from and to player characters that can't be found anywhere else. Until next time, travel safe and remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.